Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Train Talk episode 305. Tim Strombel coming to you from our REMAC production facility right here on the campus of UC San Diego, where we have a fantastic show for you on Triton Talk this week. Three fantastic guests, as we always do. And of course, before we get out of here, we'll get you the preview and review of what was and what will be your week in Triton Sports. As the 2016-2017 athletic calendar continues to wind down for UCSD, we're going to kick things off this afternoon with Justin James. He is an assistant coach and pitching coach for the 14th ranked UCSD Baseball Tritons, who open NCAA Western Regional play tomorrow as the number four seed, taking on Dixie State, the number three seed. That interview will get us kicked off. Then right in the middle of the show, we're going to talk with Chrissy Carr. She is a senior pole vaulter and one of three female Tritons that will represent UCSD at the 2017 NCAA Division II Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Bradenton, Florida. It's Chrissy's third consecutive trip in uh, trips in three years for the Tritons, so we're excited to talk to her all about that. Then to close out the show, we're going to talk with Adam Navigato. He is a freshman with UCSD's golf team. He won a U.S. Open local qualifier this past weekend, topping the field with a 4-under-67 at Indian Ridge Country Club. Now he moves on to a sectional qualifier on June 5th in hopes to qualify for the U.S. Open. So big stuff for Adam, and we'll be happy to have him on Triton Talk for the first time. Then as mentioned earlier, we'll get you the preview and review of what was and what will be your week in Triton Sports. Justin James joins us on the other side of this break on UCSDTritons.com. The Toyota Time Sales Event is the perfect time to get the Toyota you've been waiting for with 0% financing on our most popular models, including a new 2017 Prius Liftback, Prius V, IA, RAV4, and Sienna. There's even zero APR on a new Camry, Camry Hybrid, Corolla, Corolla IM, Avalon, and Avalon Hybrid. So don't miss out. Financing through Toyota Financial Services to well-qualified customers. Must take delivery from new car dealer stock by midnight, May 31st. Excludes RAV4 Hybrid. When you buy or lease any new Toyota, you get Toyota Care, our no-cost maintenance plan. Toyota Care covers normal factory scheduled service for two years or 25,000 miles, whichever comes first. There's even lockout protection and 24-hour roadside assistance. See your Toyota dealer for details and exclusions. Valid only in the continental U.S. and Alaska. We've got what it takes, San Diego. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, welcome back from the break. Tim Strommel back with you on Triton Talk, episode 305. Thank you very much again for being with us. Time now for our first interview of the afternoon. We're going to welcome in Justin James, the assistant coach for the 14th-ranked UCSD Baseball Tritons, who open up NCAA Western Regional play tomorrow as the number four seed, taking on Dixie State, 7 o'clock. Don't forget to check out uh, UCSDTritons.com for up-to-date stats. Uh, they'll have the live video up there and all that good stuff. First of all, Coach, welcome in. I guess before we get to this upcoming re uh, weekend of regional action, let's talk about this last weekend, the CCAA tournament. Uh, now, the team obviously fell a game short of their goal of getting that tournament banner, but let's kind of talk about how the tournament progressed. I mean, you come out of the gate on a tear. You take down Stanislaus State 6-1 to one behind Troy Cruz, who was fantastic. Eight innings pitched, nine strikeouts, only gave up one run. It's safe to say he's 100% this time of the year, right? Uh, absolutely, and uh, first off, thanks for having me. Um, it was an amazing tournament. Uh, there was a ton of individuals who stepped up uh, and basically played out of their minds. However, uh, we fully expected 
these caliber of players to play like this. Uh, and we've been preparing all year, uh, for this situation, this kind of tournament. And, uh, uh, it definitely paid off. So you take the first game six to one, and then what follows is the tough game. You fall nine to eight in extra innings. Uh, I mean, you got up by two runs a couple of times. Pomoda tied it up, came right back. Mm-hmm. Really hard fought back and forth between two very evenly matched teams. You lose it in 11 innings. What was the mood like of the team after you dropped that game in extra innings? Well, obviously, we, we wanted to win that game. Um, however, there was a lot of good things that happened in that game and coach Newman, uh, and the rest of the coaching staff, uh, we were trying to highlight some of the stuff that actually went well. Uh, Pomona is a good team, uh, just like everyone in this tournament and the upcoming tournament. So you have to play your best baseball if you want some good things, uh, to happen. Uh, obviously we had a couple of innings where we had a couple of innings where we had a lead, uh, and some things didn't go our way. However, it's kind of baseball sometimes and it all evens out, which it ended up doing. Um, but for the most part, we pretty believe that, Hey, if that's how someone's going to have to beat us, we're going to be pretty darn good. So then after that, your team's one and one, it's a double elimination tournament. So the back is against the wall. I love how they responded. Now they take down Cal State LA 16 to six, Cal Poly Pomona uh, revenge game, seven to three, you get the victory. And then that forces you to championship Saturday where you take down Chico State impressively, I might add 13 to four to force a winner take all championship against Chico State. Now you must've felt during that run, there was kind of a magic in the air in the dugout, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think it goes back to, you know, that Pomona game and, you know, even though it didn't come out the way we wanted, we knew we were the best team and it was going to take a team's best game against us in order for them to be in a position to, uh, have some things go their way. And, you know, a couple of weeks prior, uh, we dropped a series to Cal state LA. And I think that kind of played a little bit of a role, Uh, same thing with Pomona is when you lose those, you got to learn from your mistakes. And I feel like those guys really did that. Um, another thing that I really liked is throughout the whole weekend, um, with how many games you had in so many days, not one guy on our team looked tired. It looked like they were fully invested. Uh, they were totally, uh, no one, no one ran a soft 90 basically. And so that was a really good sign. And I think if, you know, good signs of uh, things to come. Now, coach, after you lost that Pomona game and you're one and one in the tournament, was there any thinking, at least on the coaching staff side, like, man, we need to get a couple of wins to at least cement our status in the regional. Cause I mean, you were in the top six going into the tournament and people were expecting you to be there, but going into a championship tournament, you never know what's going to happen. So was that on your mind at all? Uh, you know, at least for my end and the interactions I had with the other coaches, absolutely not. Uh, we're pretty confident in what we do and, uh, we, we talk about and preach all the time of being calm under pressure, which in a way that's kind of a form of it. And, uh, you know, as a coaching staff, we like to be an example of that to our players and we just had to take care of business one game, you know, all the cliches, one pitch at a time, this and that, and all that other stuff is going to, you know, pay its dividends down the road. So, uh, but to answer your question, no. We were not uh, worried about that. We're worried about taking care of our opponent and uh, dominating the day. 
And the guy who dominated the day was Jack Larson this past weekend. Five home runs, five doubles, 13 RBI, nine runs. Unreal performance. He was the co-MVP of the tournament. If you broke down his first five games, he had a home run and a double in each of the first five games. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I know you're the pitching coach, but what's it like to see a hitter so locked in like that? Well, uh, obviously, as a pitching guy, uh, that's really fun because uh, he's on your side. Uh, you know, and then not only, you know, everyone's talking about his offensive day or week and as they should, uh, but he robbed a home run slash double type thing. Uh, he's a leader out there in the outfield as well. I mean, he brings so much to the table and every facet of his game was on, uh, was top notch all weekend. You know, something else we've been talking about all season is the depth at the pitching position, which I think was really built more for this time of the year, not really the three-game series when it's hard to get people Mm -hmm. just innings. I mean, you started Preston Mott in Game 5, who was your Game 1 starter for most of the season. Out of the six games, he started Game 5. So, I mean, how confident are you right now that you can go five or six starters deep in a tournament if you have to? Uh, Beyond, I mean, um, these guys have prepared ever since I came here day one, listened, uh, made adjustments, never felt sorry for themselves. Uh, Preston easily could have been a guy who felt sorry for himself, not necessarily being in the top three guys as he was all year long. And really what he did is he got to work in the bullpen. Uh, he's always been a great team guy. He always works hard. So then when he gets his next opportunity, he's going to shine. And that's exactly what happened. Started kind of getting hit around. I think the third, uh, into the fourth inning a little bit and we're starting to look at each other like okay coach Newman and I like do we need to get you know someone going on a mound visit I went out to Preston got his confidence back up and asked him if he wanted to do, start throwing a pitch that we've been working on the pen uh, last couple weeks he said absolutely 100% he's all in and then man before you know it he's in the seventh inning and he he's a huge deal of how we got or why we got so far I'm sure you're happy to have two more years with him as well Oh, 100%. Great <laughs> now, kid. A, a guy I have to ask you about, and this could be more of an off-season question, but i got to ask you about Kyle Goodbrand. He's back and dominating after an injury mm-hmm. earlier in the year. His first year as a Triton, I think a question a lot of people in the program and around the program want to know is, do you think he's back next season? I mean, he draws a lot of scouts, a lot of radar guns, and I've seen him pitch. He's a guy I think that could be snatched up. Yeah, uh, you know, in college baseball, this, is, uh, this comes up quite a bit is – uh, obviously you're going to be, you want him back because he's uh, a great, not only that he's a great teammate, he's a great worker. He's a great pitcher. So, uh, of course we want that back. It's hard to even recruit that. <laughs> so once you have it, you don't want it to go. However, uh, for him personally, you want to see him get an opportunity to show his talents, uh, at the professional rank. So in my opinion, it's a win-win situation and whatever happens happens and it's going to work out for the better. Now, UCSD was awarded the fourth seed in the West Regional this weekend. They'll take on Dixie State, who's the third seed, this Thursday at 7 o'clock, which is tomorrow at 7 o'clock at Azusa. Uh, first off, how happy were you with the seeding when it came out? Uh, you know, it kind of comes back down to uh, what you brought up earlier about the elimination uh, vibe going on. And, you know, the seedings are, are out of our hands. And we talk about it all the time at practice and, and everything like that is we got to control what we can control. And obviously, uh, the seedings and who does the seedings, uh, well, that falls under that label of uncontrollable. So uh, we're just happy to be in it. Uh, We're pretty confident in whoever we face. So if we were the six, five, four, three, 
uh, somewhat irrelevant. We just got to play our best baseball if we want to beat these guys because, uh, you know, in my opinion, the West region, the top six teams every year are national championship teams, possibly all of them. It's just so loaded with good players uh, and good teams and coaches. Now, Justin, as pitching coach, do you do anything differently in playing time as a, uh, excuse me, playoff time as opposed to the regular season in terms of your coaching style? Absolutely not. Uh, if anything, uh, I mean, I try and do a better job of when things aren't quite going our way uh, to not show emotion. Um, and even though, you know, there's times where uh, I'm losing my mind, uh, they don't need to see that. They don't need to know that. Uh, because if that's happening with me, they're the ones actually competing. Uh, so that's only going to kind of transfer over that. And we work on this every single week, multiple times a week, uh, especially with the pitching staff on controlling our emotions and, and using that excitement, uh, towards the better and seizing opportunities and being excited to have opportunities. There's a lot of people right now who are playing summer ball, uh, that would just love to be, uh, you know, in a position in playoff baseball. And our guys are really buying into everything we teach. And, uh, you know, obviously last week you kind of saw what it looks like. It's pretty fun. Now, Coach, anyone that listens to Triton Talk knows I go long every time I talk baseball. It's just something I have to do. I only have a couple more questions, I promise. Now, it is your debut season here at UCSD coming over from Point Loma. What has the first year been like for you making that transition over? Uh, when it first came up, uh, obviously I had, uh, a great situation over there at Point Loma, uh, playing for, uh, a fellow teammate, uh, a really good, uh, you know, best friend, uh, in Joe Schaefer, uh, for eight years and two as a player. Uh, so I was fully invested in that, in the recruiting and the scheduling, uh, and getting, you know, from the pitching side, I had guys for four years in a row and they were finally getting into their senior year. Uh, so there was a little, uh, I wouldn't say hesitancy, but at least, I mean, that was in the back of my mind. However, when I came here, the pitching staff here and the personalities on the whole entire team, including the coaching staff, uh, I mean, I, it can't be any better. I mean, these guys, uh, Adrian Orozco, uh, Coach Calhoun, York, I mean, JT, Coach Newman, I can go on, but the whole entire pitching staff bought into the philosophy, made me feel comfortable. Uh, and really went about everything, uh, trying to make my life a little bit easier. And uh, it's a special group, 100%. Now, something I have to ask you, because you were a pitcher. I was a pitcher back in my playing days. Pitchers have quirks. Now, did you have a quirk or a superstition when you were a pitcher? And then is, do you have a, a superstition or a quirk as a coach? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, as a pitcher getting ready, I always had to put on the right sock first. I still do that as a regular civilian. Uh, if I didn't do that, I'm going to freak out. Uh, the other thing is if my undershirt wasn't uh, nice and crisp uh, in the bacon neck Hanes type deal, uh, I wasn't going to pitch well, uh, letting the small things kind of affect me. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of what did we teach the pitchers? I had kind of like pre-pitch routines and, and stuff like that, tugging on the pant leg one time before I delivered a pitch. Uh, those kind of things, and uh, just trying to pass that kind of stuff down. That's what I had to ask my next question. As a coach, how much do you either embrace or not embrace superstitions from the players that you deal with? Well, I just think superstitions are simply routines, uh, and I fully believe in routines. Uh, we teach the routine. Uh, we actually practice the routine. So if you have superstitions, as long as they're 
going towards the positive end, uh, towards performance and giving you in the right mindset, I want you to have a thousand of them. Uh, just so then you're locked in, you know, you're right. You're thinking about the right things. And at least you have a plan because if you have a, a bad plan, it's better than no plan. Um, so we kind of go about that way. UCSD takes on Dixie State. UCSD the four seed, Dixie State the three seed tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on the campus of Azusa Pacific for the opening round of West Regional Play. UCSD trying to make it back to the national championships for the first time since 2010. It'd be the first time in the Justin James era as well. So best of luck to you this weekend, Coach. We'll all be watching. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, GPDP and life. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump to our next break. When we come back, we'll talk with Chrissy Carr, a senior pole vaulter, is one of three female Tritons that'll be representing UCSD at the 2017 NCAA Division II Outdoor Track and Field National Championships in Bradenton, Florida. She joins us on the other side of this break on UCSDTritons.com. The Toyota Time Sales Event is the perfect time to get the Toyota you've been waiting for with huge factory cash back savings, including 1500 cash back on a new Corolla IM or RAV4 Hybrid, 2000 back on a new Prius Liftback, RAV4, IA, or Corolla. There's even 2500 cash back on a new Camry, Camry Hybrid, Avalon, Avalon Hybrid, or Sienna. So hurry in before they're gone. Must take delivery from new car dealer stock by midnight May 31st. Now it's easier than ever to search for the best deal on a Toyota car, truck, or SUV. Buy at Toyota.com, the only official site for your San Diego County Toyota dealers. There, you can locate a dealer, search our inventory, and find the perfect car with all our current offers. Save time and money. Go direct to the source. Buy at Toyota.com. We've got what it takes, San Diego. Toyota, let's go places. And welcome back in the Triton Talk, episode 305. Tim Strombel back with you. Best of luck again to UCSD Baseball. They take on Dixie State this Thursday at 7 o'clock in the opening round of the NCAA West Regional over on the campus of Azusa Pacific. Either make it in person or go to UCSDTritons.com for the live link so you can check it out and support your Tritons. Time now for our second interview of the afternoon. We're about to welcome in Chrissy Carr. She is a senior pole vaulter and one of three female Tritons that will represent UCSD at the 2017 NCAA Division II Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Bradenton, Florida. Chrissy, first of all, welcome on in. How are you this afternoon? Thank you. I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm pumped, and I'm pumped to be talking with you. This is your yeah, third straight trip. Great introduction. <laughs> Thank you very much. I got to be honest, I could use a shortened championship name, the 2017 NCAA Division II Outdoor Track and Field Championships. They need like an acronym. So I know, right? It's a mouthful. But, it um, is. It's your third straight trip heading out to the NCAA championships. This one here in your senior year. Now, is it uh, is it routine by now, kind of year in, year out? I'm going to the national championships, or does it have more meaning this year since it's in your senior year? I think it does have more meaning because it's my last year, so I'll be able to end it nicely going to nationals again. But I always seem to get that uh, qualifying mark early in the season just to get it out of the way. <laughs> Is that a strategy? I'll do my best early and then kind of just coast my way to the national championships. It's, it's not very much a strategy. It just always happens. I don't know. Now you own three of the best four pole vaults, I believe in Triton history, including the top two, your first record. And then the second time you broke your own record. What was it like the first time you broke the school record and became the best female pole vaulter in Triton history? It was, it was amazing. It was really exciting to be able to, take that record from 
the previous record holder. And then from then on, I just wanted to break my own record and get better every year. Now, did you know the previous record holder or was that from a long time ago? I did know her. She came out to uh, jump with us a few times Um, and she was really, she's a good jumper. I just, I thought that I could break the record myself. So I did. Now, you were one of three making their way out to Florida. Uh, fellow senior Savannah Foray, who's made it three years in a row as well, and freshman Claudia Cox. What's it like to make your third straight trip with your teammate Savannah, and you've really shared that experience these last couple of years? Yeah, I'm really excited that she was able to make it again with me this year because she's really fun to travel with, and we're going to have a great time there. Now, what about Claudia? Now, just a freshman, have you and Savannah been talking with her about kind of what to expect, the experience overall? What's been going on there? We haven't had much time to talk to her about the experience, but I'm sure she's really excited going as a freshman. That's pretty incredible. Now, you have a weekend off before heading out to Florida. What is the next week of training like for you? When do you leave? uh, And are you training by yourself on the track right now since everyone else is done? Yes, it feels pretty weird having nobody on the track. It's pretty lonely, but I still have my coach and my poles, so I'm able to vault and hopefully get some good jumps in before we have to travel to nationals. Now, it takes place, I believe, the 25th to the 27th, and when do you leave to prepare for that? I think we're leaving on Tuesday next week. And then what's the preparation like once you get out there? I mean, we're talking Florida. We mentioned it a little bit before we came on air. It's hot. It's humid. How is that going to affect you in the pole vault? Yes, it's going to be really hot and humid. Um, But since we're getting out there so early, hopefully that will give me enough time to get used to the weather and be comfortable jumping in that kind of weather. Well, the real question, I think, and I have this for a lot of athletes I talk to uh, when I talk about track and field, what got you into pole vaulting? Because I feel like it's a different story for everyone's individual event. You don't hear a lot of kids being raised to become a pole vaulter. So at what point did, were you introduced to pole vaulting and what kind of made it stick for you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I have a really funny story how I got into pole vault. It was it was pretty random. I, I was really into basketball my whole life, and I ended up tearing my ACL um, two times in high school playing basketball. So I kind of was thinking maybe that's not the sport for me. <laughs> so it was actually my biology teacher told me, like, well, since you have experience with gymnastics, I think pole vaulting would be a really good sport for you. So I do have a gymnastics background, so I ended up trying – pole vaulting in my hometown at Jan Johnson's um, winter camp. And he was a, he was a bronze medalist in the Olympics of 72. So he taught me everything. And I ended up trying it my senior year, winter, senior year in high school, pretty late, but I ended up catching on pretty fast and made it to CIF with a partially torn ACL jumping off of my right leg. Wow. It was pretty crazy. What do you think is the toughest part of pole vaulting, especially for someone who's never pole vaulted or doesn't really understand the sport? I think the toughest part is learning how to run with a pole in your hand. That's pretty, it's pretty hard. And then there's a point where you're completely upside down just about it as you're finishing your jump over the bar. That's gotta be scary. At least the first couple of times you did it, that had to freak you out, right? Yeah. I mean, you learn progressively. So you don't go that high at first. You kind of get used to 
going upside down. And for me, it's really fun and exciting. And I love the adrenaline rush of flying. And it's such a quick experience that it's not too scary. It's like one second. So now, Chrissy, uh, a question I love to ask, especially track and field, uh, if you could compete in one other event other than pole vaulting, what event have you always wanted to try? I've never tried any other event than pole vaulting. So I think I might want to try high jump. I think I might be okay at that. Stick with the jumps. <laughs> Since I, yeah, jumping. I used to play basketball, so I can jump. But yeah, that's probably the event I would pick. Where do you have to be the strongest as a pole vaulter in terms of physical strength? Is it in the arms, the legs? How does that work? Yeah, um, in terms of pole vaulting, upper body strength is really important. Um, core workouts, upper body workouts. Could you take really me, important. Could you take me through the mental process of a pole vault jump? Like maybe like from the start where you're at the ends of the runway yeah. all the way through the end. Like what is that like? I think everyone has a different type of w- way to go through it. But for me, I visualize my jump perfectly. Like at the end of the runway, I visualize myself jumping up and over the bar, clearing the bar. And that way... I will make it just how I visualized it. Now, what I like to do with every student athlete I get a chance to interview is talk about your bio, questions in your bio. Now, I know your hobby says, uh, it says in your bio, your hobby is painting. Now, what do you like to paint? Yeah, I, I was really into painting in high school. And now that I came to college, I learned how to uh, create animation. So now I'm really into bringing my art skills into my animations. But when I paint, I like to paint uh, with acrylic, and landscapes are fun for me to paint. <laughs> are you a Bob Ross fan? I'm not. You don't? Do you know who Bob Ross is? No. Oh my gosh, you got to check it out. Go on Netflix, Bob Ross. Look it up. You'll thank me. I promise you, you'll thank Bob me. Bob Ross, got it. Bob I will. Ross. Uh, okay. Now uh, you're from Atascadero, California, but I noticed in your bio it says you root for the Baltimore Ravens. Where did that come from? Oh, that was pretty random. <laughs> so you don't... I don't really. No, I'm not really that much of a fan. They just asked me what football team, and I just picked one. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best answer I've heard so far. Uh, yeah. Last question I have for you. It says ketchup is your favorite thing, and you put it on everything. Where does your ketchup obsession come from? Uh, probably when I was younger, I didn't. Uh, I just put it on everything, even my eggs. I love ketchup on it. What's the weirdest thing that you put ketchup on to where if someone saw you putting ketchup on it, like I've seen, I feel like it's the eggs. Is it the eggs? I've seen that before though. Really? When we were in Chico for, um, conference, everyone made fun of me for putting ketchup on my eggs. I've seen (laughs) everyone on the team. I've seen people put ketchup on a saltine cracker before, which I thought was really weird. That's pretty weird. I don't do that. Okay. So you're not that weird. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, Chrissy, best of luck in this next week training and leading up uh, to the D2 Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Have fun out in Thank Florida. Thank you so much. Try to grab some time for R&R and enjoy the nice, hot, humid weather. Yes, I will. It'll be a blast. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, 
keep up to date, everybody, on UCSDTritons.com to f- see how Chrissy finishes uh, at this, uh, the pole vault event at the track and field championships next week. We'll, of course, be following it for you on Triton Talk and have updates for you on, uh, let's see, it'll be two weeks from today. We'll have updates for you. Let's go ahead and take our next okay. break. When we come back, we'll talk with Adam uh, Navigato, a freshman with the golf team who just won a U.S. Open local qualifier this past weekend and moves on to the sectional on a chance to actually play in the U.S. Open. So we'll talk to Adam all about that on the other side of this break on UCSDTritons.com. The Toyota Time Sales Event is the perfect time to get the Toyota you've been waiting for with 0% financing on our most popular models, including a new 2017 Prius Liftback, Prius V, IA, RAV4, and Sienna. There's even zero APR on a new Camry, Camry Hybrid, Corolla, Corolla IM, Avalon, and Avalon Hybrid. So don't miss out. Financing through Toyota Financial Services to well-qualified customers. Must take delivery from new car dealer stock by midnight, May 31st. Excludes RAV4 Hybrid. When you buy or lease any new Toyota, you get Toyota Care, our no-cost maintenance plan. Toyota Care covers normal factory scheduled service for two years or 25,000 miles, whichever comes first. There's even lockout protection and 24-hour roadside assistance. See your Toyota dealer for details and exclusions. Valid only in the continental U.S. and Alaska. We've got what it takes, San Diego. Toyota, let's go places. And welcome back in the Triton Talk, episode 305. Tim Strombel back with you. Time now for our third interview of the afternoon. We're going to talk some golf, and we're going to welcome in Adam Navigato. He is a freshman with UCSD's golf team. He participated in and won a U.S. Open local qualifier this past weekend, topping the field with a 5-under-67 at Indian Ridge Country Club. Adam, first of all, welcome in. You're just a freshman, so this could be the first of many interviews for you. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it keeps on going. Now, your low round of the year for the Tritons was a 71, which you did twice. You had a handful of 72s and 73s in there as well. But you go out and you shoot a 67 this past week. Was it a fantastic week for you? What was going right? Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, ball striking was about the same, but what really made the difference was the putting. Uh, a lot less putting uh, in my four under round there. Now I have I have golfed from time to time. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm a pitcher, so I have the pitcher swing. Trying, you know, baseball. Trying to go to golf. I, I I'm okay, but I know that if you get into a rhythm with the putter, it can completely change your entire round of golf. How often have you been able to kind of get into that putting zen? And were you in a special place when you shot the 67? Yeah, uh, I uh, as of late, I had, I haven't been able to get into that zen but once you get in that zen your round just i mean from when you're hitting greens you're struggling to make par because you're just focusing on not three putting but when the putter's working you're just you can just drain everything from five feet to about 20 feet that's my favorite saying i think whenever i've gone golfing if i ever ever have a chance at a birdie i always say i can three putt for a bogey and i'm good i am good with that (laughs) And I know that regular golfers like you who actually t- take it seriously and are good at it will probably laugh at that, but that's fine. Now, what were your uh, expectations going into the events? Were you putting pressure on yourself? Did you think you had a shot to win? What was that like for you? Um, yeah, for sure. I had, I had some pressure on myself because I knew I could perform pretty well if I, if I played pretty well. But uh, honestly, since I was a freshman, 
I it took some of it off of it, even though it shouldn't have. Um, but yeah. Mm. Now, when you move on to the thirty-six hole, excuse me. Now you move on to the thirty-six hole sectional qualifier on June fifth. What are you expecting to see at that event? Is it going to be a tougher course, stiffer competition? What are you thinking? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be uh, should be a longer course, uh, probably even more narrow. Um, there's going to be uh, obviously a lot harder competition because there's going to be actual PGA Tour pros who uh, could not make uh, the U.S. Open. Uh, from just exemption so they have to go to this sectional qualifier which uh, I'll be competing in. Are you pumped for that though to, to play alongside and see some of those guys who you've watched on TV for all these years and just kind of be like oh I'm on the same level with these guys Oh absolutely yeah it should be cool I hope I get a sick pairing like I heard last year Colin Montgomery played in it in the same one in LA so hopefully I get a cool pairing now, what would you say is the strongest part of your game right now going into your sophomore year? Um, for sure, pretty consistently, it's been my ball striking, and my, especially with my driver. Yeah. How about the weakest part? If you're going to scout yourself, what do you need to get, the be- to get better at? Um, probably my chipping. My chipping's a little subpar right now, uh, not making great contact with the ball <laughs> <laughs> now you're a san diego kid you come over from tory pines high school so you must have a favorite course here in san diego where was your favorite course throughout your high school days uh i was lucky enough to play my favorite course like every day at tory pines golf course just right across the road here now you won a state golf title with tory pines in your senior year what was that experience like for you it was awesome. Uh, the guys I played with are really good uh, players, and uh, I played really well that day, and they played really well, and it was just a great experience, especially winning it with your team. It's it's fantastic. Now, you transitioned from Torrey Pines High School, where you won that state championship, like I just mentioned, to come to UCSD, you play your first collegiate round, your first collegiate uh, year of golf. What were you expecting kind of going in, and did it match what you were expecting the experience uh uh i was ex- yeah i guess so um i was really nervous going into it because i honestly i didn't really know what to expect but the level of competition is greater um and you just you just can't really uh can't take any uh thing for granted and uh yeah you just gotta compete harder against tougher players we're talking with Adam Navigato. He's a freshman with the golf team. Uh, your coach, Jim Reagan, has quite a coaching legacy. He's coached some of the top guys, even still on the PGA Tour. Brent Snedeker is a guy I always like to ask him about that he coached. And, you know, he'd be modest and say he didn't have a hand in how good he is, but I'm sure he did. What's it been like to play for Jim in your first year? Yeah, no, he's a he's a great coach. He uh, He's very understanding, and he knows exactly what's going on with everybody's game. And, uh, he, yeah, he coached Brant Snedeker and Anthony Kim, just great players. He, he has a lot of experience, which is great to just ask him about and draw off of uh, that can uh, really improve your game. Now let's have some fun. I like to go into the bio and ask you some questions about what kind of makes you you. Now, is there a pro golfer that's had an influence on you or perhaps you try to model part of your game after? Yeah, uh, Phil Mickelson, for sure. I've uh, – I've tried to do almost exactly what he's doing, and like I got the same putter as him. I uh, have the same driver, and it's uh, 
yeah, I've been just trying to model him. Now, do you go with the claw grip on the putter, or do you go more normal? Because I know he goes back and forth. Yeah, um, I've been experiencing with that a lot. I've tried just about everything. I finally got into just the regular grip and a little forward press to help me out, but not not quite the claw. And you're right-handed, right? Phil's lefty? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so a little bit different. Not too bad. Now, do you try yeah. to be as creative on the golf course as he does? Because sometimes he can take shots and make them a little harder than it, have to, than it has to be. Right, for sure. Yeah, I like to I like to play the flop shots a lot more like he does. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. He just is really creative around the greens, and I try to do the same. Now, you're a local kid, as I've mentioned. It says in your bio you're a San Diego Chargers fan. I have to ask you, are you an L.A. Chargers fan? I am not. I am not a part of that. I'm going to have to find some other team. I'm you, pretty bummed. Is there a team you're looking towards or thinking about uh, considering for your new favorite team? You know, uh, I'm still in the market for a team, but I do kind of like the Green Bay Packers. Okay, that's a good team to root for. they got a solid fan base. How about this? Last question before we get you out of here. It says, Tommy Boy is your favorite movie, which I'm like 100% sure uh, is older than you. I, I think that movie came out before you were born. How did it become your favorite movie? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, my dad showed it to me, and I just couldn't stop laughing throughout the entire thing, so... Yeah. <laughs> fantastic it's a great movie I'll, i'm not gonna lie it's one of my favorites as well so you got good taste and you should thank your dad for introducing you to such a cool movie but uh best of luck man in the 36 hole sectional qualifier june 5th what's the training like for you between now and then uh, a lot of the same stuff just going out uh especially practice putting once a day for about an hour and just continue working on my ball striking well, best of luck, buddy. We'll be keeping track, and hopefully you do get that cool pairing, and maybe it'll inspire you to pull out an even better round out of you. Is 67 the lowest round you've ever shot? Uh, Actually, that was only four under since it was par 71, but okay. I've shot a 67 um, at a par 72 before. Okay, so hopefully we can duplicate that, man. We'll be We'll be watching and paying attention, so best of luck on June 5th. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and take our last break. When we come back, we'll get to the preview and review of what was and what will be your week in Triton Sports. Tim Strom will be back in just a minute on UCSDTritons.com. The Toyota Time Sales Event is the perfect time to get the Toyota you've been waiting for with huge factory cash back savings, including $1,500 cash back on a new Corolla IM or RAV4 Hybrid, $2,000 back on a new Prius Liftback, RAV4, IA, or Corolla. There's even $2,500 cash back on a new Camry, Camry Hybrid, Avalon, Avalon Hybrid, or Sienna. So hurry in before they're gone. Must take delivery from new car dealer stock by midnight May 31st. Now it's easier than ever to search for the best deal on a Toyota car, truck, or SUV. Buy at Toyota.com, the only official site for your San Diego County Toyota dealers. There, you can locate a dealer, search our inventory, and find the perfect car with all our current offers. Save time and money. Go direct to the source. Buy at Toyota.com. We've got what it takes, San Diego. Toyota, let's go places. 
And welcome back from our final break. Tim Strombo back with you on Triton Talk episode 305. Time now for the preview and review of what was and what will be your week in Triton sports. Let's start with baseball this week where the 14th ranked UCSD baseball Tritons fell one win short of their CCAA championship tournament banner this past weekend. The Tritons jumped out hot out of the gates, defeating Stanislaus State 6-1 to in the tournament opener behind eight fantastic innings from senior Troy Cruz on the mound, who struck out nine in in those eight innings on the night. Then UCSD fell in a tough 9-8, to 11-inning affair against Cal Poly Pomona to head into the loser's bracket. UCSD had their backs against the wall the rest of the way, one loss from possibly ending their season. The Tritons responded in an inspired bit of baseball, taking down Cal State LA 16-6, Cal Poly Pomona 7-3, and Chico State 13-4 to force a winner-take-all championship game. Chico State would then jump out early and hold on for a a 12-5 victory, complete, uh, completing their regular season and tournament double championship. Senior outfielder Jack Larson earns co-MVP honors for his absolutely unreal weekend, hitting five home runs, five doubles, 13 RBI, and scoring nine times in six games. Jack hit a home run and a double in each of the first five games of the weekend. With that, he has since been recognized and awarded multiple times over for his outstanding, really legendary performance in playoff baseball, I'd say. With the hard-fought wins, UCSD was rewarded with the number four seed in the upcoming NCAA Western Regional this weekend. The Trenton's will take on third-seeded Dixie State Thursday night at 7 o'clock and Azusa, who was awarded hosting duties for this weekend's regional as the overall number two seed. UCSD last won a West Regional in 2010 and would end up the national runner-up after losing in the national championship game that year. Best of luck to the Tritons. Elsewhere, both the men's and women's rowing teams were awarded with good news this past weekend. First off, the women's rowing team found out they were selected to compete in the NCAA Division II Rowing Championships, which will take place May 26th to 28th in New Jersey. Seventh-ranked UCSD will send a Varsity 8 and a Varsity 4 crew to the championships. This is the first time since 2013 UCSD has qualified for the national championships. On to the men's side, UCSD earned an invitation to the Intercollegiate Rowing Association, or IRA, National Championships and will send three crews to the prestigious event in June. The Tritons will field a Varsity 8, 2nd Varsity 8, and 3rd Varsity 8 in the competition. Just like the women's side, this is the first time since 2013 UCSD has made it to the event. Big expectations for them. Let's round it out now with track and field, where three Tritons will advance to compete at the NCAA D2 Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Seniors Chrissy Carr and Savannah Foray, both three-time participants, and freshman Claudia Cox each qualified in one event. Carr will compete in the pole vault, while Foray will represent UC San Diego in the high jump, and Cox will be making her NCAA debut in the 400 hurdles. The trio has a bit of time, though, and we'll be talking about it next week on the show as well, as the competition will take, will take place next weekend, May 25th to 27th in Bradenton, Florida. So best of luck, and we'll have plenty to update you on next week on the show on Triton Talk episode 306. That's going to do it for Triton Talk 305, though. Big thanks to all of our guests, Justin James with baseball, Chrissy Carr with track and field, and Adam Navigato with men's golf for UCSD. This has been Tim Strombel thanking you for joining Triton Talk and reminding you we'll see you next week on UCSDTritons.com.